0: you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's.
1: And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday morning sleep in podcast.
0: You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty cool. Like we're going to miss you and you're going to miss us because we're fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are more people than just us at church. There are lots of people who have lots of things to teach you and to encourage you with and to make you laugh with. And so. Uh, you're going to miss all of them. You're going to miss th- some great music, and we won't be able to give you any cookies after the service is over. But we will give you what we can.
1: I'm Susan Foster,
0: and I'm Chris Marshall, and we have with us today Devin Gardner. Hi. Hi. Who's uh, uh, our special guest? He's super cool, and perhaps beginning the candidacy process to become a pastor himself.
1: So chris and i are united methodist pastors in reno nevada we're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a brand new age we're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week
0: we started the podcast so if you're away from home or working or coaching or maybe just sleeping in you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church each episode is a conversational version
1: of a sermon we gave on sunday so whatever day it is when you're listening to this keep doing what you're doing
0: and receive this with an open mind and an open heart and a quick note uh we invite you to think your own thoughts we know that we have an opinion and we have lots of things that go into that we use our quadrilateral our scripture our experience our tradition our reason and we come up with something that we think is true a hypothesis to test with our lives but we recognize that your experiences your traditions might be different than ours you might come to a different conclusion cool go with that we just want to give you some fodder to think because our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So,
1: Chris, in this little window of ordinary time that we oh. slip into, ordinary we, time's my favorite. Yeah, we took down all the Christmas decorations this week, last week at my church, and feeling a little bare. But this week, sort of inspired by your sermon last week, mm-hmm. woo-hoo. Woo-hoo, I preached the story of Samuel's call. In 1 Samuel. Okay. So that story. Well, I'll just read. It's
0: 20. It's 20 verses long. So like the, yeah. the short version is the Samuel's version. mom was kind of old. Was that right?
1: No. Well, so so if we go back before the story, um, Samuel's mom really wanted a baby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She wasn't having a baby. She wasn't having a baby. In fact, she was. Eli found her in the temple looking like she was drunk. She was so upset. Okay. But she said, if I have a baby, I will dedicate it to the Lord. Oh, and so she had she gave birth to Samuel, and when Samuel was five years old, she sewed him a little jacket and took him off and left him with Eli. Ooh, and we join the story with Samuel ministering to the Lord under Eli. So he lives in the temple. He's like an intern. Yeah, but he's like twelve. He's like an unpaid intern. Eli's sight has started to go, and you know he sort of take caretakes for Eli. Okay. And one night, Samuel is sleeping. And he hears a voice calling him Samuel, Samuel, and he gets up thinking it's Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And that happens three times. Mm -hmm. And finally, Eli goes, huh, maybe that's
0: God. So (laughs) say, I'm listening. If you're hearing voices, generally what we want you to do is talk to a doctor. Right. But in this particular case, it was God speaking. Right. And so Samuel, the next time Eli tells him to respond with uh, your servant is listening.
1: Yeah. Speak for your servant is listening. And then God gives Samuel a message to deliver Eli. Uh, and it's not a very nice message. No. no.
0: Imagine being 12 years old and having to tell somebody something like, really awful. Like, right.
1: like that, that your whole family is going to be disgraced forever because you're, you couldn't control your sons.
0: Oh, awkward.
1: Awkward. Hashtag awkward. Yeah. Especially is this is like... The person who's taking care of you, you know, you. I'm, I'm sure Samuel had that relationship with Eli that was like, this is, you know, my father, my father figure, figure kind of thing, yeah. You know, our grandfather type. And anyway, so Samuel Samuel waits until morning, and then Eli says, "So what was God trying to tell you?" And I'm sure Eli has, Samuel was
0: like, "Well, well next no, Tuesday, Tuesday we have a thing at three o'clock. Did we put that on your calendar?" Wonder, Let's. Yeah. yeah. He tells Eli what's going to go down, and out of that
1: the what what the author of for Samuel says is that as Samuel grew up the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall on the ground.
0: Ooh. Isn't that's that a great nice. line. Like if you got to speak the truth at least somebody's listening.
1: Right? And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew Samuel as a trustworthy prophet of the Lord.
0: That's cool. And this is also where we get our most beloved and soon most tedious hymn, Here I am, Lord. Yes, we did sing it this morning. Oh, did you? Yes. And somebody who served as a,
1: a missionary, um, it's not my favorite song. But we
0: right, because you hear it over and over. over. And it's like everybody's favorite commissioning, let's go out and do service hymn. I'll put a link to it on the website so yeah. you all can enjoy it. Yes, it's
1: great. So that's the story that, that I'm coming to. And um, the thing that from last week with your sermon, Chris, was about how sometimes the news is not good. Yes. What we're, what we're called to is not good news. I mean, it doesn't feel good to us. Yeah. That listening has a cost.
0: Right, because often what you hear is that you need to change, which mm-hmm. is uncomfortable, even if it's good change, mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable. Or you hear that you have been doing something wrong, that mm-hmm. you didn't want to think you were doing wrong and that can be embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Or you hear that you know, everybody's going to be disgraced because right, something something that you can't change now. Right. And it's like, well,
1: well, so I don't know what to do um, about that? I started with my sermon with a Poem reflection from Unfolding Light from Ooh yes,
0: Steve garnes Holmes. From, we from like him.
1: Steve Garnis Holmes, and it was one from January tenth, okay. and it just says, "God, so many voices call me. I turn so many ways. They are not you. Help me hear your true voice—the clear, calm voice at the center of every cry, the quiet, steady voice that knows my name, the myster- mystery that speaks in ways only my deepest heart hears." Help me hear the silence within the noise and turn to listen. Speak, Holy One, for I am listening. The thing that strikes me about this story is that it opens with this idea that the word of the Lord is rare and not very many visions were happening. Mm. And I don't know about you, but sort of my default when I'm not thinking about it is that olden days, thousands of years ago, there was all this connection with the divine and there were people were holier, right? But people were holier they and were you, wiser and you heard, you know, people heard the word and
0: you know, there were visions, there were lots and, of clouds talking to people,
1: burning bushes, lightning strikes. Right? Right? But the reason we have these stories is that they were unusual columns of smoke right. and fire. Yeah. Right. Paul getting struck by lightning, lightning
0: on the, where was he going? Damascus. Damascus. Thank you. Yes.
1: Damascus. So it's, it's really interesting to sort of put ourselves in this reality that we live in a very similar world to Samuel and Eli. Right. The word sometimes feels rare
0: mm, and quiet.
1: And, and we don't not very many people with vision. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or who are receiving visions from God. And when they do happen, what is our response? Mm,
0: mm. Have you seen your doctor? <laughs> yeah. Or are
1: you sure about
0: that? I had a woman write to me from the congregation this week and just say, how do you know it's God's voice? Like, how do you know? What if it's Uh your own stuff? What if it's something somebody Mm -hmm. told you a while ago? Like, what if it's something else? Like, how do you know it's God's voice? So, Susan, how do you know it's God's voice? How do you know it's God's voice? Well, you already mentioned
1: one of those ways. Which is? The quadrilateral.
0: Well, yeah, we we can verify.
1: We can verify.
0: Trust, but verify.
1: Right. And I don't know that I got so much into how can we tell, but I did tell a little bit of my, my call story. Okay. Because Chris and I have been friends for many years. She knows that I spent a lot of years going, yeah, no, I don't think I want to ever live in a parsonage
0: again. Right. Like you grew up as a PK. And so the, the resistance was, I don't want to go into ministry because that's just what everybody in my family does. Yes, like right? I want, I need to hear it. Right? I need to
1: hear it. And you know, when I look back, I can clearly hear that I heard it in high school mm-hmm. and I heard it again in college. Mm-hmm. And in college, I realized that I was hearing a call and I said, yeah. I'm not quite ready. And I have all these excuses yeah. and I'm going to go do this other thing. That's That's good and wonderful. Yeah. So I was a U.S. too. I was a missionary for the United Methodist Church.
0: In Pennsylvania. In
1: Pennsylvania. I got a big laugh out of my congregation by saying I went to the wilds of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Harrisburg, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. You know, I tell the story about how I think I would have gone to seminary right after that if I had not ended up in these experiences with a local church that made me go, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. I I can't be in the midst of such death and destruction and short-sightedness. And anyway, I told the story about the church really near the neighborhood center who had an amazing gym.
0: Great facility. They had a
1: great facility.
0: So much potential. So much
1: potential. And they had this great basketball program. In fact, the only tr- sports trophy I own is from this basketball.
0: Aww. It's in my
1: office. Anyway, every
0: so often somebody goes, what? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we don't think Susan slash Jock. Like, no, think no, that
1: is not the immediate.
0: Pastor slash so. Jock. You
1: know? But anyway, and how the program... We had such tension and pain with the the congregation, which was only about 20 people
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in this gargantuan building. Because the only place that had carpet was these like four stairs to a stage at one end of the basketball court. And somebody ate a cookie and got crumbs on it. Good Lord. Good Lord. (laughs) Somebody in my church goes, they don't know how to operate a vacuum? (laughs) My goodness. Right. And so I came back and I, I, I went to work. I said, okay, I'm going to go be, I'm going to go work in the nonprofit world. That'll be great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ended up with a crazy boss. Yeah. 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 That was well, a crazy. You have boss.
0: great stories about that time.
1: Oh man. And then I ended up working for a hotel company.
0: Yeah.
1: And I told the story about how um, my time working for, for them really became ministry. Cause I started working with the chairman and CEO of the company who had a family-owned company, had really had some big health concerns and health issues, and Mm -hmm. was never quite the same person he had been before those surgeries. Mm -hmm. And I spent most of six years saying, he's not who he used to be. How are we going to do this differently? How are we going to mourn that without using any of those words? Yeah. And I woke up and went, I'm in ministry. God's going to keep doing this to me until I say yes. Right. And so I might as well say
0: yes. Which is something about, like, wherever you are, you're in ministry. Yes. Right? Yes. Whether you're a pastor yes. or not, whether yes. you're called to be a pastor or not, wherever right. you are, you're in ministry. And yeah. so it's about seeing the opportunities to be yeah. good news for people. Right.
1: And I, and I very clearly saw that as God going, you don't want to go to seminary? Like, well, I'm going to make
0: you work anyway. You're not going to, you know. You're not going to get to
1: do some of the fun stuff. Yeah, right? you're not going
0: to, you're just going to have the.
1: There aren't going to be any baptiz- b- baptisms or weddings or, you know, those sorts of things. You know? Funerals. I love
0: funerals. I do, too. I do, too.
1: I reflect on how sometimes it's easier not to listen to God.
0: Yeah, you think? Right?
1: I joke that, like, you know, that old job at the hotel, I played a heck of a lot more solitaire than I do now. Yeah. And I took a I'm lot sorry, more was, that a, was that
0: a selling point?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, in terms of ease. Play more solitaire. I mean, in terms of, you know. In the, and it's easier not to listen to God because, you know, it's, it's going to be like you said earlier. We're going to hear something we don't like. We're not going to maybe like the call. We're not going to see the future as God sees it. And so we're going to be like, Ugh.
0: Yeah, everything God's going to change a part of us we don't want to change. Yeah, we're like, I'm, I'm
1: really satisfied with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. good with that. So it's easier not to listen to God because flat out it's dangerous, mm-hmm. and that's where it requires something of us. We have to risk, we have to step out out of our own plans and into God's plans. Mm-hmm. Samuel is experiencing that. He wasn't given that easy message, as we mentioned. And here's somebody who like. Like we would say, grew up in the church, mm-hmm. right? Like this is somebody, definitely,
0: literally sleeping on the floor of the, floor church, the church, right? Yeah.
1: Like the, of the, the temple. One of my things I, I say to churches and, about being a PK is is that uh, most PKs, PK, PK is, is pastor's kid, kid, yeah, think that the sanctuary or the church building is just an extension of their living room, yeah. And I said that's where that's where Samuel is, right? This is his home,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and here he is. He's given a message. To tell the person who's home dearest, he lives, to, him. dearest yeah. to him this awful message, and that Samuel here he is—he here is he, here's a person who has not been thought, never thought about listening to God, and all of a sudden is listening for God, because nobody was listening for God at this point. You know, mm. the word was far away. Far away. And, you know, the fact that he 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 does do this is kind of a miracle. Mm-hmm. that he becomes the Samuel we learn about later. The one who, who has
0: no trouble speaking truth to power. It has no trouble speaking truth to power and who starts, you know, who can get right up in people's faces. And then even after death continues to yell at people about what they are doing. Wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? I love Samuel,
1: you know, here, here's Samuel hearing this voice and finally recognizing what, what has been calling upon him, mm-hmm. that we all have those moments when we hear God's voice, when we listen for God's voice, Our life is never the same, and Samuel's life is
0: never the same. And it's not all one thing. It's not like – it's not all good. It's not all bad. Bad. Like, there's a certain kind of relief to giving in, Uh you know, to choosing for yourself. Like, there's a certain relief that goes along with that because you're not ignoring – it's not nagging you at the back of your mind. But there's also that it's going to cost something, Uh and what is it going to cost, and so – yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so it's, like, and I think about it's great and it's awful, but it's not nothing. I, and I think about the ways in
1: which my life has been shaped by saying yes to seminary and yes to, to pastoral ministry. Mm-hmm. Where would you be now if you didn't do that? I have no idea.
0: Your job was a job. It wasn't a, it wasn't a passion. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a passion. I was, career. I was good
1: at it. I mean, I yeah. might've, I might've leveraged it into something else, but you know, it wasn't anything I was that excited about to go do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean.
0: And not everybody needs a job that's like a passion. Like sometimes right. your job is the thing that you do so that you can do your passion right, after right, work. Right. Right. So there's some of that You know, that and I
1: probably would have, I mean, I would have remained a really active layperson, and, you know, wherever mm-hmm. I was. But I think
0: it would have been. Probably still be in San Francisco.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Because I loved it there. I love mm-hmm. it. You know, love the city. And But who knows? So I wanted to give another example. Yeah. Because obviously this is the Sunday before Martin Luther King. Yes. Martin so, Luther King Jr. So,
0: it, day is tomorrow. Monroe. So, that, so, so the, when the this obvious, gets posted two weeks from now, you'll know that right. this is the context.
1: The obvious example of this is Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Father, grandfather, great-grandfather, brother and uncle, all preachers. Mm-hmm. Here he is at 27, became pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Which was had all in, this history. All this history. Montgomery, Alabama, right before bus boycott begins he gets thrown into leadership right he's just gotten his doctorate he's still wet behind the ears he's still wet behind the ears he's still what i was when i f- we're, when you were 27 and i think about like it's really funny because i think about this is the time my dad saw him my dad because oh, yeah,
0: right before he uh he kind of broke on the scene the yeah well he scene. was
1: well he had already sort of you know it had already sort of been bubbling and my my dad was at boston university school of theology and
0: he was a guest lecturer yeah why not in, in new testament
1: you know why not but anyway right in this time right like he becomes this leader of this movement the opportunity is there he you know he knows he knows the story right family gets threatening phone calls and the threats to like
0: and the recordings and the, the all the things yeah
1: all the things and and he wondered if he was the person
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know if he was the person to be there and that maybe he could get out of it
0: yeah how, Which, do I, how do I get out of this? How do I bargain? Right? That's a process. That's part of the grief process. Right? It is. It is, right? And so Dr. King
1: prayed aloud this one night and he reports a voice hearing him call, calling him to stand up for righteousness, justice, and truth. And the voice of Jesus saying, I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you through this. And so it's from that moment that Dr. King, you know, lives into that testimony mm-hmm. of that prayer. He said, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? And everything changes. And it was at great cost.
0: Yeah.
1: At great, great cost. So the question becomes, for me and for all of us, I hope, what do we hear when we really listen for God's voice? Hmm. I didn't read the letter this morning.
0: Ooh, I read the letter. You're going to hear it in the next episode. Yeah. No spoiler Um, alerts.
1: No spoiler alerts, but it would have fit in perfectly here.
0: Absolutely. You could have read it right in this moment.
1: But I was not far enough ahead of things this morning. Well. You know. Anyway, so when you hear that next in the next episode,
0: you'll know. You know. Insert. Insert here. here.
1: But God tells us to be honest about things, especially like prejudices that lie so deep in within us that we don't even admit them to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We think that's normal, we think we're good. What if God is calling us to repent? Not only just of hatred, but what about apathy Yeah, and cynicism? I liked that this afternoon.
0: Yeah. I have great confessions. I'm really <laughs> good at confession. God, here are all the things I'm doing wrong right now. I have cynicism and snark. I have impatience. Right. I have arrogance. Right. I have, here's, here's my list. It's 25 right. items right. long. Tell me if I have missed anything. Right.
1: When we say, speak God, I'm listening. Are we ready to hear that? Are we ready to hear what God really wants us to be? And I think we should be. I think we are. I think we are when we, when at our very core, when we say, you know, do you love God? This is where you are. This is where that comes from. But it's not, you know, it's not enough to just vote right. You got to work for economic justice. Yeah. It's not enough to tolerate our differences. We got to honor and celebrate that that all of us were created by a God who thought we needed this in the world, as you yeah. say, and that we need to be impatient right we need to be impatient with anything less than freedom and justice for all
0: creatively maladjusted is creatively that what it is creatively
1: maladjusted creatively
0: I mean, maladjusted that's
1: a great term it's it's a theological term
0: The theological term it's an mlk term yeah <laughs> the idea that you should be maladjusted to the things that are wrong in the world right that should not feel comfortable for you
1: right there there should be the aches and pains of all of that and that as we listen for god we have to we're going to be like samuel where where when we say yes god i'm listening what we hear might not be what we were hoping for, mm. what we wanted to hear, but what we hear is the dangerous voice telling us to do what's right. So I said, go listen. Oof.
0: Well, and yeah, yeah. I mean, call is such a... Yeah. It's, it, it, like I said, it's scary and it's a relief at the same time. Right. But it, I think it also changes over time. Devin and I have been talking about this, actually, about how call evolves. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think my call... In this place, this time is the same that my call was five years ago or oh, 10 no. years ago or no, 15 never. years ago. And so it's not like one of the things, one of the themes that has been in our church is epiphany is not an event. It's a series of events. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that, we, you know, even if you've heard something, if you've heard a thing. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not going to hear a new thing. Right. And that you're going to have to yeah. change the thing that you heard. Right. Right. So.
1: Well, and that God doesn't doesn't drop a truth bomb and walk away.
0: Right. Right that God says there are no mic drops in heaven. There are no mic drops in heaven because God wants us. (laughs) And that's the name of the episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that God is calling us to the next thing and to the next thing and to the next thing in the, in the construction of the kingdom of God. And it is not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So anyway,
0: anything to add anything you're thinking about? I mean, yeah, I've definitely been thinking about call. Like, what is my call? What does that look like? What's a good call story? Um, Oh, yeah,
1: there is that. What do I
0: need to invent? I think the biggest thing that I got from Samuel was you have a choice when it comes to call. Like, Mm, mm, God mm -hmm. calls us all to be ministers and you get to choose if you want to do that or not
1: yeah. yeah but my I will say that God will God sometimes just keeps asking
0: it, yeah. people always talk about holy nudges yeah oh the Holy Spirit is nudging me and I was always like mm. a, I like am so dim that I was gonna say sometimes I get hit in the it's, side of the head with a two by four or a big it's, booty it's bump a,
1: it's a it's a it's a it's a gib slap if you're an NCIS fan
0: a gib slap
1: yeah he
0: every Smash time smacks people the, in the back of the, the head, head there's a character named stupid. Gib yeah gib. okay Gibbs. I'm catching up
1: okay yeah but um, some people out there will know what I'm talking about.
0: All right. Give slaps for the win.
1: Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, that sometimes that's what it takes. And sometimes it takes a lot of those, even. And
0: sometimes it's gradual. I mean, it's lovely yeah. when we have these stories, like you said, that are so rare, that are like the big obvious, like you cannot get away from them. But for most right. of us, it's it's a little bit here and a little, a little bit, bit there and a little bit yeah on the other side. And then you have yeah. to sort of string it together a little bit and figure out how you will interpret it and right. then how you will respond.
1: It, what just popped into my mind was the story of a blogger I used to read. I don't think she blogs anymore, but she was somebody in recovery and had such a, like a mountaintop experience. So she was like three months into recovery and I'm like, and, and she was like, and I'm going to go to seminary. And I was like, Ooh, I think we need some testing on that. <laughs> and yeah. it was true. She needed some testing because, yeah. and, and some people around her gave her that testing mm-hmm. and, and, and gave her some really good feedback and she's doing amazing stuff. But you know, she that didn't need to
0: go to seminary to do it. do it. We get so enthusiastic. like We get like almost over-sugared over like a kid at Christmas. I'm going to do all the things! And it's like, well, maybe just one thing. Just maybe one it's thing. just a one thing, and then in a little and, while we another thing. And maybe it doesn't look thing.
1: like anything you've seen. I mean, that's the other thing. You know I have this fascination with finding people who have jobs I didn't know existed until I met them. Because I just think that's fascinating. That there's all these things I could have been that I just didn't know existed. My prime example is that there's a person who plans when you close a road... They plan the alternate
0: route. That's a job. Yeah. Within the city planning department or the, county or, or county or Caltrans, state, or whatever. Right. And like, of course. Right.
1: But Chris knew that existed because her dad's a city planner. Yeah. My dad didn't know that existed. Yeah. But that sometimes what we do for one another is live out, is help people figure out their figure call. Figure
0: out that, the specifics of their call. Yeah. I love the story that Ira Glass tells about that. He was talking about how do you cover the war? on This American Life when everybody's doing like laser sound effects and wow, isn't this great, like almost propaganda level Mm -hmm. um, war coverage. And he says what they did was they just found the most kind of mundane story they could find (laughs) to illustrate the parts that we leave out, which Mm -hmm. was they found a girl who's 19 years old. Most of the people who run these, it was on the Navy ship. Mm -hmm. Most of the people who run these huge, ginormous battleships are like 19 and 20 years old. Mm -hmm. And her job, her very specific job was to restock the vending machines right. on the cruise ship for all these teenagers who are fighting our wars for us and mm-hmm. running these huge ships. And so they were talking to her and they said, well, what can you tell us about your job? And she said, well, everybody seems to like this kind of candy and doesn't seem to like this other kind of candy, <laughs> which is such like a mundane little detail. But that's somebody's job to make the whole thing work is that that little sliver has to get done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that sliver exists, you know, then you miss yeah. part of the story. Yeah. And so finding the sliver, finding your call can be so specific and yet can be applied in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And so and, I think that and, testing and, thing And is I good. love the
1: fact that Devin just said, you know, I have to think up my call story, right? Like, how do I tell it, right? Anyway. And that was actually one of the things I had the hardest time with in the ordination process was like, how do you concisely tell this story that took years? Yeah. Without sounding like, well, my daddy did it, you know, like, <laughs> right? Which I'm, was actually not a factor in my not call not a factor at all. in your
0: call at all. Exactly. And I mean, except that you had some maybe skills and experience you know, that other people could envy.
1: You know, just fascinating. Some of it too is how do we talk about this? Do we mm-hmm. always talk about this as a great revelation? Mm-hmm. Or do we can we talk about this sometimes as like, I looked up one day and here I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, centered in the right place.
0: Somebody asked me this week. And it was an odd question because I haven't heard it in a while because I've been out of the ordination process for a while. Uh-huh. But they said, what do you think your call is now? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, based on the things that give me joy, mm-hmm. which is usually how I figure it out, it is this particular role of pastor. Mm-hmm. But I don't get to do that in the local church as often mm-hmm. as I do it on in the conference level or in the district level or whatever. Right. And so I, a lot of it is, you know, you're called to – to all of it but your true call is maybe just part of it and so you have to do all of it right but you have to cultivate that passion as well otherwise you might miss something that's important to you and it it clarifies some things like uh one of the books i recommend to people in the ordination process is Barbara Brown's Taylor's leaving church mm-hmm. because it took her with 20 years of being a priest to realize mm-hmm. that she wasn't called to be a priest. Yeah. To realize that her real call was to write and to mm-hmm. write things that inspired people. And you can do that as a priest. You got to write a sermon, you got newsletter right. articles, whatever, but that that was not but, yeah. the most specific understanding of her call in that moment. Right. And so she needed to keep listening, keep evolving and that it's okay to do that. In fact, it's okay to have a backup plan. Right. Because there are those moments when you're in that like your Harrisburg situation, when you're in that church that is just draining your spirit. Right. And you need to find another way to live into your ministry and yeah. cultivate your passion. Well, thanks, Devin. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. And thanks, Susan. And thank you all for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to what we've been talking about, shoot us an email at Sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Sunday Morning Sleep In You can find us at Sundaymorningsleepin.com. Uh, there will be links to dot com to the Unfolding Light poem that Susan shared, uh, and to the scripture, and to some of the other things we've been talking about. The scripture for this podcast was 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-20, through 20, and the theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So we end every worship service and every podcast with a
1: benediction, a sending forth, some good words, something to maybe carry you with a little, as Chris says, a little
0: holiness. A little a little shine for a little the week. A little shine.
1: And so I send you forth with this. And now, brothers and sisters, go from this place knowing that the God who made you also sustained you. The God who calls you also goes with you. And the God who loved you before you were born still loves you today and into all the tomorrows.